Hello and welcome to the Max Communications 2020 podcast, a series of podcasts where we explore various archives and collections. My name is Faith Williams and I'm joined today by Lindsay Old, Butter Archivist for Croydon Council. Would you like to introduce yourself and tell us about how you came into your position? Thank you very much, Faith. So, um, yes, yeah, so I've been at Croydon about five and a half years. Um, I'm the only uh, qualified archivist in the, the team. So, um, it's quite an interesting role. Uh, before that, I worked at King's College London. I was the digital archivist there. Um, and um, that all came about, that was a change of career um, later in my life to, uh, I've been working in IT and records management and decided I really wanted to uh, work in uh, uh, the archive side. So uh, at the age of 50, I went back to university along the same time as my children and uh, I did my training course and uh, uh, I've been really lucky worked in two amazing jobs since then so uh, um, yeah I'm really proud I'm a Croydonian I was born and bred in Croydon so it's great to be the uh, borough archivist and look after its records. Oh, what a fantastic career path you really landed on your feet working in, in the, the place you call home. Yes yeah it was amazing uh, I was uh, uh, so lucky I knew the archivist there very well and uh, uh, when he was moving on, he uh, suggested that I might like to uh, to think about working back there. So my commute uh, was uh, much easier, and uh, I've just got a chance to really work with all the things that I've known, the changes I've seen growing up, and uh, so it's uh, yeah been a great job to do. I'm really enjoying it. You must bring a wealth of information just from your own experience to the job then. Yeah, it's certainly a big advantage. Um, uh, there was a big gap, there was an 18 month gap before I took up my role and so I came in to a collection that actually I knew quite well as a researcher from the other side of the, the desk and so that has really been useful and when someone comes in asking about a particular area I, I usually know where it is or what they're talking about and uh, so it's been great to put that local knowledge into place and uh, it's interesting working with uh, um, other staff within the team who don't live locally or have, haven't lived locally, um, that that difference. Um, so it is a real, real benefit. I'm really lucky to have that, that personal experience as well as the professional experience. So what do you do in your job day to day then? So one of the interesting things um, about uh, being borough archivist is that you're a bit of a jack of all trades, and particularly in uh, in this um, team. So we're a very small team. There's only um, six, seven of us uh, in the team, and um, so I've really found it interesting to be part of a uh, museum team as well, because it means that I can uh, bring some of my archival experience to working alongside the museum professional, and. Uh, so that's been uh, uh, really interesting to to be part of of that. Um, so you know, my day to day role will be um, certainly at the moment it's very different because we're in lockdown. But normally when we're open to the public, um, it'll be dealing with uh, remote inquiries, getting more and more remote inquiries um, because people either can't travel or uh, want to do their research from the comfort of their own home. So uh, we get uh, those uh, sort of inquiries that have to be dealt with each day. It might be um, 
dealing with some volunteers who come in to work with me. So I have a couple of ongoing projects. I'm really interested in um, uh, theatre and culture and the art side of things. And so we've been doing a couple of projects. We have the Fairfield Halls in Croydon, which was closed for, for three years for refurbishment. And we had HLF funding to work with people who'd been there uh, stewards, seeing people to their seats, and they came to work on the archives. And we worked for that for over three years with them. Um, and I still have some of their volunteers who want to continue. So we're doing some work on what I call the lost theatres of Croydon. So they've been going through, uh, we had a couple of theatres that closed down in the late 1950s, and we have a lot of their programmes. So they've been going through and documenting those, identifying the the well-known uh, actors and things who started their life in repertory theatre in Croydon. So they've been helping me do some work on, on those. I've got one volunteer who's in his 90s who remembers going to some of those shows. So that's been amazing. Um, I might be working with a group of school children coming in who want to know a bit about uh, what life was like during World War II and doing an archive session with them. I might be working with, uh, increasingly we're working with television companies who want to use some of our pictures and archives. So um, we've just worked on a Who Do You Think You Are? So that'll be interesting to see that as it comes through. We worked previously on one with Warwick Davis, which was great fun to do. And they actually filmed it um, in our building in the town hall. So I was involved in that. Um, we've worked on um, George Clark's um, Old House, New Home. So we've provided some background images and things for that. Um, so we work increasingly with maybe artists who want to do pieces, want to respond. I've got someone working who wants to do a response piece to Cane Hill Mental Hospital. So uh, it might be meeting up with them and showing them some of the uh, archives of a now closed hospital and that they can use to uh, respond to a brief that they've got. Um, it might be dealing with the National Archives. It might be mentoring some new students coming in. I have some volunteers who are um, applying to do a course and who would like to get some experience so they come to me beforehand so um, yeah so it could be very very varied and uh, um, or working on my own projects so some research about something doing a blog um, and obviously everything has to go online at the moment so we're pushing everything to online exhibitions and things like that gosh you've got so much going on that's incredible so your material is local because it's from the borough. Uh, what yeah. type of things do you have? What what um, yeah. format is it in, and what does it um, content does it cover? So most of our material is still traditional paper. Um, so it'll be the, the the main core of our collection. So mine's a statutory role with the local authority. Um, so um, it's to look after the records of the what is now the London Borough of Croydon and its predecessor authorities, the County Borough um, and the Borough of Croydon uh, to look after the um, Board of Guardians records. So that would have been, that's the, um, you know, the predecessor to the hospitals and um, social care and things like that. So we have those records. Croydon was a county borough, so it ran its own hospitals. So I've got records of the hospitals and the mental hospitals in Croydon. Um, I've also got um, quite a lot, I'm not a place of deposit, so I don't have um, church records, those will go to Surrey History Centre, but I do have some of the more, um, the administrative records of Croydon Parish, which was the, the main area that Croydon covers now, 
so that will be the um, the rate books when the parish system looked after uh, those things. Um, so I'll have those. I'll have I'll then have a lot of records of local organisations, the Bell Foundry that was in Croydon, the um, Croydon Advertiser, so the newspaper that's been going since um, the 1860s. So I'll have um, those on microfilm, but I'll also have a lot of their records. So I've got lots of their administrative books and things like that. So we know how that was run. Um, and then I have a lot of personal collections of people. So I'll have collections of the mayors of Croydon, of businesses, of, um, I've got a couple of conscientious objector collections, which are really interesting people who are in Croydon. Um, one of the main things about the Museum of Croydon is it collects all histories. And so we have quite a lot of people come to us and give us and give us their stories. And then in discussing with their stories, they'll say, we've got family records, or we'd like you to have some information about the, um, the businesses that we ran. And so, so we get a real good mixture and we get their actual voices, which is lovely to hold. Um, with them. So although those are a museum collection, I work very closely uh, with that. Um, and then I'll also have, I have a pretty good collection of school records, probably one of the best collections of school records in the country, um, because we had a previous director of education who was really interested in local history. And as part of his role, as he was coming up to retirement, he wandered around all the schools and uh, documented all their log books and admission registers and brought them in. So I've got over 150 sets of school registers, some of which have been digitised and are on Find My Path as part of a uh, project done with the National Archives, which was really useful. Um, and those are really useful for people wanting to find out where their um, ancestors went. But things like the log books are really interesting because they're um, the head teacher's diaries. So the, particularly when a lot of the national schools started in the um, 1870s, we have some of our very early schools that started then. And so we have details of, they wrote in love, beautiful copper plate writing about when the inspectors came, about what happened, about um, all the examinations that their children had, had gone through. And those have proved really interesting for things like um, we use them for evacuation research recently when we looked at 80 years since evacuation. And in fact, we worked with um, uh, Country File, who were doing an evacuation special. And one of their presenters, Steve Brown, his grandmother was evacuated from Croydon to first Brighton and then to Cornwall. And we were able to find her details in the uh, book. And we, I actually had a little cameo on Country File last September. Uh, talking to him about that and uh, and uh, showing the uh, the records and we were able to incorporate that in some of the events that we ran so uh, um, they're just many and and varied and yeah I've been there five and a half years but I've only just scratched the surface about what's actually in them and every now and then you open up a, a box to look for something and find something that you weren't looking for at all that just takes you off on another um, sort of research uh, trail which is lovely. That is a treasure trove. It is. How big is the collection? So we have over um, we have about 1200 collections. Uh, now some of those might be one item 
some might be 50 or, or 100 items. So I think it's about, oh, I've probably got it, so about 8,000 individual items um, that uh, uh, most of which are on our online catalogue, um, but um, a large number we're still working to um, try and uh, get through the backlog and get as much as possible up onto the catalogue. Are they hosted at the museum then? So they're hosted um, uh, on uh, remotely uh, on the cloud. So we use Atom and uh, we were one of the first um, record offices in, in the UK to use Atom. And uh, we find it really good. It works really well. And um, it's uh, there to be searched, uh, museumofcroydoncollections.com. And uh, so it's a, a treasure trove to go through and uh, to see what you can find. Are there any particular challenges that you encounter in your job? Lots. We work in a um, an old building that we share with other people. So um, our building is part um, Victorian and actually part was uh, a new build in the 1990s. And so we we get problems with trying to keep the temperatures and things constant across the whole building. What works for the archives doesn't work for the visitors to the library. <laughs> so they want the temperature up and then it affects our archives. Um, the challenges are resources. There's only one of me. Um, I have two great support staff who normally would deal with our uh, front of house visitors and a great crowd of volunteers who are many of whom are still volunteering at the moment, which is great. They're doing remote volunteering for us. Um, but um, it is a, a real challenge to do a bit of everything. We were lucky enough to gain accreditation, archives accreditation in 2017. Uh, but that's a lot of work to try and keep that um, good gold standard. Um, and we compete with a lot of other areas. We have to be as good as areas that have many staff. So that's always a bit of a, a challenge. Um, increasingly, people don't want to come in to visit us, it's not convenient for them, so they'd like everything digitised, please. Um, and you can't possibly digitise everything. Um, we've been able to do some some fun, small bits of digitisation. I know that uh, you guys have done some quite uh, various project digitisation for us, which has been uh, great. Um, but there's always ongoing stuff that we'd love to digitise. We have an amazing photographic collection. Um, that was the photographic survey and record of Surrey that was started by Croydon Libraries in 1902 and we hold all the Croydon um, collection which is over two and a half thousand beautiful black and white photographs that we'd love to get digitised um, but I just have to find the right funding pot to do that so I've got to have a, a funding pot hat on, I've got to have an IT hat on, I've got to have a uh, cataloguing hat on, I've got to have a presentation hat on I love doing talks to people, going out to um, to share the archives, and you always find interesting people who've got interesting stories in doing doing that. So uh, um, the challenge is what to do first, and uh, um, and how to get the right balance to to do to answer people's inquiries, to help them on their research, but not to do the research for them. And uh, um, 
Yeah, it's just a great and varied, varied job. I love doing it, but uh, um, there'll be plenty to keep me going until I retire. <laughs> what is your hope for the future then? Is it more digitization or would you like to focus on expanding your local collection or engagement? I mean, what, what would you prioritize? The main focus is to make things accessible and, and in all sorts of different ways. So sometimes that will be digitization. Um, but I think it's important to to still be able to have a space to invite people into because to actually to experience an archive, to look at an old ledger, to actually find some information is so important. And I think um, you need to get the balance right between them. Um, I can answer someone's question, but someone going through a ledger to find that information might find other information that that gives them the context of that, um, that, that gives them uh, another research uh, trained to do. Those research skills are so important uh, and are so great for someone's well-being. It's something you can really do to find a sense of place. Um, that's really important for us. It's certainly important, although we've got a lot of traditional archives, that we work a lot with some of our community groups and that we're starting to to really understand what they collect and what they see as, as relevant so that we've got things that will bring different community groups in. We did a really good Windrush exhibition last year and we did a, a really good one with Gujarati community um, and those were both great ones for bringing people in who maybe wouldn't see the value of the archive and so uh, those sort of things are, are really important. I want people to feel that the archives are useful to them, that they can come and use them uh, whether it's remotely or actually coming in, that they can feel confident coming and spending some time. It's a very good sense of well-being, I think, to you know to find out a bit more about your house, how it where it was built, how long it's been there, who's lived in it, and you can do all of those things using our collections. And um, I think with people being stuck indoors for so long, I think it will be really important to find ways of encouraging people to come in and spend time safely, um, but, but doing some of this work and, and really taking back their ownership of those, their communities and their town centre and things like that. I think that's going to be really important going forward. So Croydon is quite a diverse borough, really, and it's important about, it's important to reflect that and make it, make it relevant to, to the residents. Very much so. I mean, it's really interesting. I've been doing some research during lockdown about our museum. So the museum opened in 1995. And uh, when I've been going back and looking at that, that's quite late for a local authority museum. There was a very early museum um, back in the early 1900s, which was a sort of traditional museum with stuffed birds and paintings and things like that. Uh, but then uh, that building wasn't suitable and there was a big gap. And when they started to look at, at what they wanted, they wanted a museum that, that Croyd would be relevant to all Croydon people. And so they looked very much at the diverse communities and the biggest communities that they would work with um, and started collecting all histories from those communities and then objects and items and things that would come in. Um, and so they worked very particularly with South Asian communities, with some of the Afro-Caribbean communities, and in fact, some of the Irish communities. There's quite a big Irish community um, in Croydon there. Now that will have changed slightly 
um, over the years, and we're now starting to look back at what are the breakdowns. Now, interesting, there was a big Polish community after the Second World War, a lot of the pilots who flew um, made their homes back in Croydon. There were three RAF stations around us uh, at Kenley, at Biggin Hill, and at Croydon. And so, uh, you know, we got gained quite a large Polish community at that stage. Um, and so, in fact, the library had a special collection of books in Polish for them, which is interesting, which I found as we've been looking through. So, you know, we've always tried to, to reflect uh, the Croydon communities. And, and actually, we've been extremely lucky recently. We've gained some funding from the Mayor of London. He has his London Borough of Culture um, pot of money, and Croydon's been awarded London Borough of Culture for 2023. Um, and so it's starting to do its planning now and it's starting to look at uh, all its communities and what it wants to do now is to look at 23 the 23 largest communities in Croydon um, and look at what art and uh, archives and uh, objects and things reflect their backgrounds so that's a project that we're just starting in the planning stages now for and starting to think about how that will develop and how we'll identify those 23 uh, groups and what sort of uh, people will be able to work with, which community groups will be able to work with. And so that's a really exciting project that uh, we're starting in the planning for yeah. now. How closely do you work with the museum then? So very, I'm part of the museum team. So I'm managed by, we have a museum and archives manager. So I'm part of that team now. Um, and then very closely with the libraries as well, who are um, so we're all in, working very closely together and that ha brings its real benefit to it. So I have my own programme of work but that's uh, dictated by our accreditation cycles but, uh, but a lot of it is about, so all my exhibitions, for example, I was used to the E-Day exhibition um, in May, so that had to, we had to suddenly move that on online and get that on online. So I was supported by my colleagues there. Um, in doing that, I provided the content and they helped me uh, put some of it online and we'll then be putting a new uh, Victorian Japan Day exhibition up for next month. So, um, so very closely, we're part of the same team now and we, um, we work alongside each other and there are great benefits to working with a, a museum professional and an archives professional together. We both gain um, a lot from it. Um, and I feel as an archivist, I've gained a lot from being involved in exhibitions, helping them research them, um, understanding how to mount exhibitions, which I was new skills to me when I started. So it's been a, yeah, it's really good. We're very close team because we're quite a small team and uh, um, it works very well. Well, it's nice it's worked out really well. Yeah. I think sometimes people think that you're in competition, but it's not. You've got yeah. the same goals in mind, yeah. don't you? Yeah, and we've been able to work with, uh, I've. I, I covered the managerial role for uh, a year, two years ago, and um, that allowed me to develop some uh, exhibitions work and, uh, and we had a, started an artist in residence uh, programme and that was really useful. Um, as through that we work, worked with a, a, an artist who wanted to put on an LGBT um, exhibition and he's, he's then gone on to do a second set of exhibitions with us and we're working on a queer archive with him at the moment, trying to really bring um, uh, archives from that community in and make it a much more comprehensive archive. Um, and we worked with a, a PhD student who was doing 
um, a project on a Croydon suffragette who we don't hold the archives for, they're held at the Women's Library, but we were able to work with the Women's Library and research that, and that, so that's built up much more of our uh, knowledge about um, those exhibitions. Um, and uh, we, so we've been able to do, she did an exhibition for us about this um, suffragette. So, you know, that really brings those archives to life for me, if we can really use them, an artist can use them, we can use them in an exhibition. Um, we've just done a project um, with an external group we've worked with before using our film. So we have some really good um, film of Croydon um, that goes back to the 1900s. I've got a lovely film about London Fire Brigade doing their um, uh, uh, activities in 1911. Um, and so these are all silent films and we just worked taking the war films and recording uh, new memories from people who grew up during the war and making a new soundtrack to go over them. So those have just been launched and uh, those uh, we worked with London Screen Archives on that. So uh, that was great to, to have. Um, we had, I think, 10 people from the last, we did it in two phases from the last stage, all over 80, all who had memories of growing up during the war and uh, captured their memories. And then we've got their recordings that we've just transcribed. And so those can then go back to their families and they can really understand them, but they also really bring that wartime period uh, to life. Um, Do you have plans to put some of this stuff up on, on website available online? Yeah, so quite a lot of it. The, um, so the, the queer archives, a lot of that work is up going up at the moment. That's just gone live last week. Um, uh, the VE Day exhibition, the films are all up on our website. So you can. Uh, view those and with the Victory in Japan Day in August there'll be some new pages and new um, stuff there. Um, we're, we've invited blogs from, from various people so I was just talking to the artist who did the suffragette uh, exhibition with us and she'll do a blog for us next month so that will go up and we'll be able to put some of the information about that on. I've got one of my volunteers working on the Fairfield collection which is the all the archives from the Fairfield Halls and she's just written a blog that will go up so we're trying to slowly add as much of this uh, to the site as possible and then a lot of stuff onto the catalogue so that people can search and and find out uh, more about this but uh, um, yeah so lovely to share it through the, uh, the website and through Twitter and Facebook and Instagram they're all good channels for us to uh, to share with a wider audience and we're certainly picking up a wider audience which is interesting. Oh great, are you getting a lot of feedback from people? Yeah, we're getting some really good feedback and, and people who are, are you know engaging us more who wouldn't do um, and we now need to think about some of our more traditional uh, researchers and about how we can engage with them uh, because we will, many of them will want to come in and use our records again and um, so at the moment we're not able to open, but we hope in September we'll be able to open by appointment and uh, safely get people into the building who want to consult the um, original records because that's really important that they can uh, do some detailed research which we can't do for them. That sounds like you have so much going on and you're always thinking of new things to do. I, it's really impressive how you've engaged so many people. Um, a lot of people don't think about their own um, 
their own borough, their own place where they live and, and the history that you can track down. And it is fascinating. Oh, well, I find it fascinating. Um, just when you start looking at an area to see how it's changed. Um, I mean, Croydon went through big changes after the, the war um, and um, lots of, of big uh, office blocks became known as Little Manhattan for a long time because it had such big uh, buildings. It's now going through another stage of development at the moment. And so we're trying to capture some of that um, current development and some of the, the changes to the way people shop. Uh, obviously there's a lot of changes now. We have a big shopping centre that was due for refurbishment. That probably won't happen in the same way uh, now going forward. But it's important for people to understand the history of what used to be there. It used to be the school playing field for the big grammar school in Croydon. And uh, you know, people don't under understand that. So we've been able to put some of those pictures up online. We've done a virtual pub crawl as well, which has been really interesting looking at the history of the current pubs that you can drink at, but also those that have disappeared. Um, and uh, we did one on Central Croydon, and we're hoping to, to carry on and do ones in some of our local areas. Um, and we work closely with our place team who are developing the, the sort of local areas because there's a lot more, more focus now on getting people to shop locally and uh, um, you know not to travel on public transport. So uh, we're doing some uh, uh, walks and trails around these areas some of the councillors are promoting them so that's really good and getting them to really understand what their area used to be be like and, uh, and that so uh, yeah some exciting projects but um, I'm also working on one on the uh, nursing it was the international year of the nurse and the midwife this year and so our local hospital Croydon University Hospital wants to do an exhibition about some of their current nurses and midwives and we've got some information about some of the historical ones um, and we'll be putting up an exhibition about the hospitals in Croydon because we have good records and, and uh, pictures of those hospitals so uh, uh, that's my next job to work on and, uh, and to get that moving forward ready for hopefully the beginning of September that will go live. That sounds a very worthy project especially this year. Yeah, yeah, lovely to celebrate those amazing uh, places and the people who worked in them. That would be really, really good to do. Thank you so much for agreeing to speak to me today, Lindsay. You're clearly so knowledgeable about your subject matter, you're so enthusiastic. I can't wait to check out what you have next. I'll definitely have a look at your uh, cultural pub crawl, certainly. <laughs> so we, yeah, we'd love to welcome you and anyone else once we're able to open our doors, and we hope that'll be in. In the autumn by appointments and slowly we'll be able to get back to uh, uh, to offering much more access but in the meantime keep an eye on the twitter facebook uh, instagram and the website and, uh, and search through the catalogue lots of ways to to find out more about croydon fantastic thank you for speaking to me you're very welcome thank you <laughs>